Welcome everyone, Mark's my name. I'm one of the pastors here and I'm really glad that you're with us today. Uh, we get to start a new series called The Amazing Stories of Jesus and we're gonna be studying the true stories of how Jesus encountered people and how those people were dramatically changed. Some of these stories are talking to us, packed full of wisdom about love and grace and who God is and who we are in God's kingdom. And so I think it's, it's gonna be a great ser series for us. So for the first story, please turn to Mark chapter one, starting in verse 40. And if you are willing and able, please stand. We do this to say to the seen and the unseen world, uh, this is God's word and we're gonna obey it and learn from it. Mark chapter one, starting in verse 40. A man had leprosy who came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus went away, uh, Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell anyone about this, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news as a result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Lord, teach us what this means. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. I hope you've seen the clip from Mark chapter 1, verse 40 in the Chosen TV program. Highly recommend it. And watch it if you haven't. It's a, it's a great way of, of seeing what things might have been like. But some of the material I want to give you today are from John Ortberg and especially Ray Vanderland. Ray was the rabbi who taught me this text on site, exactly where they believe the, this miracle took place, on the north side, north side of the Sea of Galilee. And it left a huge impression for me. It was my first day in Israel starting, and, and I was studying, and it was just quite overwhelming. Um, let's get to the text. Now, to show you how old I am, I remember as a little boy lining up to get polio vaccine. My, my uncle and a few other friends uh, were struck with polio, and, and so similar to now, the government was providing vaccines, and we had to stand in line and get the jab, and the result of that was I was spared, and the, the vaccine worked. Now, there was another disease that was rampant in my school at that time. Many of the schools back there as well, it was a dreaded disease and plagued many that I knew. There was no vaccine for this disease, no treatment. This disease was highly contagious, yet little was known about why some would get it and other people would not get it. The only way not to get this was to quarantine those who did get it and don't let them breathe on you or touch you. Now, we were grade three boys and we could not understand why it was that always the only people that were contracting this was girls and how it was that all of us as boys never once got this dreaded disease, just girls. Some of you likely know now what I am talking about. The disease is called cooties. That's right, cooties. The alarming belief was that all a person needed to do was, be, was either to touch you or to be close to you, and you'd get cooties. In fact, uh, did you know that some adults got cooties? Husbands, think with me with the last time you were in trouble with your wife and you did something wrong and as it relates to her and you were apologizing and you're trying to stay, say you're sorry and you were reach out to gently pat her a little bit and sometimes she gave you that weird look and said, don't touch me, that means you got cooties and that means you're untouchable for a while anyhow. You know, um, many people in our world 
there are many people in our world that are untouchable. Like the couple from northern India a while back it, where the caste system was in effect and the permission of the village council was given that the newlyweds, she would be branded and whipped and he would be killed because he was from a lower caste and shouldn't be touching her. So death was the course of action taken by these authorities. Some people are untouchable. The specific lesson here for some people is to believe that we are not to be touched by certain other people. Many of you remember when uh, the big ruckus was over Princess Diana caught visiting a hospital filled with young men and women who had AIDS. The newspaper made a big deal about it because specifically she hugged some of them and they were sick. Many would say the royalty is not to be touching people like that or allowing people to touch back at all. Sadly, as far back as the time of Jesus, some people were uh, not to be touched by others. And the worst of the all people to be touched by was a leper. Now, we've talked about leprosy before, just a couple of weeks ago, actually. But let me refresh your, your thinking on a couple of things about how leprosy works and what it is and everything else. There are many kinds of leprosy, leprosy some that will hardly even harm you, like acne. That's considered, considered leprosy. And then there's the type of leprosy that is slow developing and deadly for certain. This kind of leprosy usually starts some joint pain and later results in loss of cessation in, in, in terms of feeling, losing the feelings of the hands and the feet and the arms and legs and then over your entire body. But what would happen is you would cut yourself and you wouldn't know that you had cut yourself and infection would take over and further complications and and leprosy was, was just seriously contagious. Leviticus chapter 13, starting in verse 45, anyone who has such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkept, cover the lower part of their face with like a mask, and cry out, unclean, unclean. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? As long as they have the disease, they were to remain unclean. They must li live alone and they must live outside the city gates. In essence, they were dressed very different so healthy people could see them. And uh, it's kind of an a, a, uh, old way of masking to have the face covered. But um, if, your lep if a leper ever got close to you, they were supposed to start yelling unclean so everyone could run away. Lepers lived alone, outside the camp, outside the villages, alone and unwanted. This is uh, to keep the general public leprosy free. But for a moment, I'd like us to see the whole system through the eyes of the leper. They live alone, except for other lepers, sometimes. Apart from their families, no one really cares for them and can. It's a hugless world of aloneness. To be a leper means that you're just waiting to die and you do that alone until, imagine, no, no, no touching from anyone or to anyone for the rest of your life. Imagine not being able to touch your kids, your spouse, your mom or dad, any friends. You are unclean, so you can't get touched and you can't touch anyone. It's also believed that God curses the family of lepers. So in some settings, the whole family was asked to leave the town and grovel outside the village. And usually they had contract or contact with the mom or the dad, and they got the disease as well. Notice lepers were not just sick, they were unclean. 
They were defiled, ceremoniously separated from people and from God. So even if they, they somehow got well, they still had to be cleansed, not just healed, cleansed by a priest because they could not re-enter the village without normal, normality of life and that given by a priest. Back to Mark chapter 1, verse 40, where the leper came to Jesus, begging on his knees. This man has nothing to lose. He's begging for his life. And this is why the leper says, if you are willing, because he knows that God has the, sorry, Jesus has the authority to heal. He does not know whether Jesus will. Will Jesus stop and stoop to help such a shameful, wretched soul as this? And so he asks, if you are willing. Now this is strategic, strategic information. As what happens next, I believe is amazing. The story shows Jesus to be much more than a nice guy but rather the only person who cares and helps stinking, rotting, half-dead lepers. No one else dares that. Jesus does. Now, how does this compare to the religious leaders of Jesus' day? You see, they kept the law and stayed away from all mess, the suffering and death traps of one being lepers. Religious leaders kept their distance from Gentiles and Samaritans and tax collectors and certain types of women, to name a few. They didn't touch anyone, and they didn't get touched by anyone. And anyone that thought they, they, they thought that was keeping them safe, and actually they thought they were, it, that was keeping them godly and righteous. We know that people with sin are contagious, and so godly people think that they separate themselves from certain people and specific places. That's a good thing. In some ways, these religious leaders are correct because sin is highly contagious. Hang around with someone who gossips a lot, and we become gossipers, right? If we hang around with someone who's drug addicted and selling drugs and everything else, sooner or later, if you're not careful, in fact, you might lose to that addiction yourself. If there's a safety in distance. I get that. So stay away from, protect yourself. Don't want to get cooties. But Jesus had a very different approach to life and ministry, didn't he? He, he, he talked a bit about some of the hidden... Let's talk a little bit about some of the hidden dynamics in the story. Jesus was a rabbi, and rabbis usually are thought to be so close to God that no leper or sinful person would even dare be around one just in case you gave them the cooties. And if you, you, the wrath of God would come upon you if you had contaminated a rabbi. So the rabbis became more and more unapproachable. Not so with Jesus. Against that culture and the belief system of the day, Jesus took the most gross and shocking approach to this leper, which is he reached out and touched him. Why would Jesus do that? To teach us something, I believe. To model a key truth, which is Jesus is absolutely approachable by people, even by dirty, gross lepers we start to get a picture of how very different the religious leaders were than Jesus was. The story shows how the rabbis of Jesus' day were polar opposites of the whole aspect of approachability. The rabbis prided themselves by staying away from people where Jesus actually set himself up to be with, with people, even sinful people, even outcast people, like lepers and like you and I. If we're going to follow Jesus, 
and become like him, he will expect us to follow his example and enter the mess of other people's places and not just of themselves, but other people that we're dealing with. To the, so the truth now is godliness is not measured anymore by how we stay away from others. It is rather messaged or, or measured by how we join others in their mess and bring life to a place of death. Is it risky, you may ask? Yes, very. If our world is ever going to be changed, though, it's going to be because we have followed our master's approach and, cho and chose to humble ourselves and connect with those, any of those who are in great need. This story tells us that Jesus is a God who is compassionate and loving for all who are in sin's influence. That is where we did find Jesus. If we were looking for him, he would be with those who are broken. He will always be with those who are in need and helping others in need of compassion. Jesus came to show us that God the Father is all about intimacy. He's all about relationship. Most people think that God is so holy that he cannot be approached. They think that their prayers are never heard because the prayers are infected with our sin. Here's where Jesus taught just the opposite of that. Yes, God is holy, but he is also completely approachable. Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and resurrection from the dead, that is the reason that Jesus became human so he could lead us in helping lepers and teaching others what God was really like, a relational God, a God who loves us. That truth is spoken of in John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh, Jesus, by the way, he's the Word, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And later Jesus, in John 14, 9, was speaking to his disciples and said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. It is the grace and truth of Jesus that draws us close to Father God. Jesus' life and death and resurrection make a way for us to be in intimate relationship with Father God because that Jesus did for us on the cross. God the Father is completely approachable. Our sin was laid on Jesus and Jesus gave us forgiveness. Hebrews chapter 10 talks about this. Let, let me walk through some of, the, some of the, the, tech, the verses here. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus once and for all. Once and for all. Ending all the endless parade of sacrificing animals. Wow. Never-ending sacrificing animals. Day after day, verse 11 says, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. Verse 12, but when the priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, that priest being Jesus, he sat down at the right hand of God. Just like when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is finished, paid in full. The sacrifice is given. No more sacrifices are needed. He was the perfect and last sacrifice. Verse 14, for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. We are now in the process of being made holy. Wow. Hebrews chapter 10, starting again at 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, get this. Since we have confidence, boldness, in other words, to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open through us to the curtain that is his body. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But don't miss that first part. He gave, gives us confidence to come before him. Just so you know it. The high, only the high priest one day of the whole year is allowed into the Holy of Holies to do this. 
And Jesus, because of his perfect sacrifice, now bids us to come into the holy of holy place with confidence. Amazing. Verse 21, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere hearts and with full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with to cleanse us from guilty consciences and have our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we can spur one another on toward love, even lepers, and good deeds to all who are in need. Verse 25, not giving up the meeting of together as some are doing the habit, in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day the day approaching. Partner up with others, in other words, what this is saying, and get ready to help lepers with the confidence that God has given us. Because of what Jesus did, we have confidence to approach God. Let me tell you a story. I told it to you before. I, I just have to tell it again. It's, it's about Alicia when she was a little four-year-old girl. We would, have, we would have these elders meetings in my office, and, and we didn't have the same technology as we have today, and so many times we'd pull together for a 10, 12-minute meeting type of thing. And then in the middle of one of these meetings in my office, we're all huddled together talking about stuff. There was no knock on the door or anything else. All of a sudden it opened. I'm not sure we were praying or not praying. And in March, this four-year-old kid, right through the circle, says, hi, Dad, walks around to the other side to the desk. And on the top right-hand side of the desk, she pulls out the drawer. And in that drawer are candies just for her. Takes one, unrolls it, makes a big bunch of noise, puts it in her mouth goes like this, throws that garbage away, closes the, the, the drawer, walking around and says, bye, Dad, walked out with boldness. God says, I will prepare a way for you to come into the holy of holies because you can have confidence what I have done through my son, Jesus. And we come in with boldness. We don't grovel. We're sons and daughters and of the most high God. We come with the authority that comes with being a, a child of the king. And we come with joy because we know what he has done for us. It, it, it's just a game changer, that's what I'm saying. Amazing text. Jesus drew people to himself and he drew sinners to himself specifically so he could help them. He understood the difference between acceptance and approval. We often get this wrong. Jesus did not approve of all the things the disciples did, but he accepted them, and he wants us to be accepting of other sinners and bringing those sinners to himself. That leads us to accept his acceptance for us, even though we did not have everything perfectly in order. We are invited to walk with Jesus and become more like him. Do you see the power and the amazing beauty in this? Again, in Mark 10, he kind of, Jesus talked about the kids. He said people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant, indignant ticked off. He said to them, let the kids come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a small child will never enter it. And he took the kids in his arms and placed his hands on them and blessed them. People brought their kids. Disciples said, no, 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 no. Jesus said, yes, yes, yes. Kids back then were usually dirty and tolerated. But Jesus celebrated children and even used them as an example of what it is to live in the kingdom of God. We must become as a child to enter the understanding and simplicity of the kingdom of God. 
Another truth, truth from this story is sometimes we think we need to go clean ourselves up first before we can come to Jesus, which in fact is just the opposite of the truth. Jesus never calls us to, to that kind of thinking. He says, come, and as you come, as you are, and walk with me, we'll deepen our relationship together. See this in verse 41. When Jesus was moved with compassion, the main point here is he touched the leper and then healed the leper. The, notice the order of this. Why didn't Jesus clean him up a little bit first, as it were? He's right by the Sea of Galilee. A little dip in the Sea of Galilee would clean up some of the you. And he didn't do that. He just stopped and hugged this guy. Then I would, be, I would have been saying, hey, dude, love thee, I love thee, but thou stinketh. Go into the water, have a shower, something. Not Jesus. Jesus' touching comes before cleansing and healing. Jesus risks his own health because he's a man. He is making a point clearly, which is, which is Jesus is always willing to share in another person's suffering and always in order to bring that person healing, he will touch people, even lepers, and welcome people into a fellowship and celebrate what he has done even while they are yet unclean. Jesus loved him while this leper was still unclean. Here is where the compassion of Jesus enters the encounter. Jesus could not control himself. He, he needed to touch this guy in spite of his leprosy, and that's what he did. Story teaches us of the great exchange, for some theologians call it, is when Jesus took our shame and brokenness and leprosy and sinfulness and died on the cross for us. And in exchange for that, we get his love and forgiveness and acceptance. He takes away dirty sin, and we take away his clean heart, it's that transaction that happens. He could have just snapped his fingers. Ta-da! No, he touched the guy. And then he asks us to do the same. Have you noticed that God uses people's mess to often get people's attention and then gives them the opportunity to be cleansed if they want and invited into the kingdom? He did not have to do that. But he wanted the leper to know that he was loved so Jesus touched the leper while he was still a leper because Jesus loves the guy more than he disliked the guy's mess. So no need to clean up a bit before you come and, and uh, see Jesus. Jesus is the one reaching out to us lepers. Another lesson here is that the church is not to be a place, or maybe you should say should not be a place, of quarantine from others who are infected. The church should be a place where lepers come and lepers get touched and healed. And then they, we take that cleansing power and touch other people in our lives. Jesus called us to be salt and light in a world of leprosy, and many people are proud of their leprosy. Jesus called us to be salt and light, which is a will to heal and to direct people who are in darkness because many of them are in darkness. We are called to befriend, to befriend others with uh, accepting fellowship and friendship that only Jesus can give us. It is sad when some Christ followers brag how they keep away from germs outside the church and literally hide their faith from others. Yet others engage. 
Wherever they are, they engage, and people around them are becoming healed of all kinds of leprous stuff. Remember one pastor a while back said, our job is to look around until we see a needy person and then help them. That's it. That will usually result in that person becoming known by Jesus. Look around, see someone in need, help them. Not rocket science. God turns messes into opportunities where we can share our situations with others and lead them to Jesus. In addition to all that, is what the world is it is that the world is infected with sin and twisted thinking. And the secret is to be filled with the life of Jesus to the place where when we touch the world, it gets infected with goodness, not us getting infected with badness. It's not even a word. That's the kingdom of God breaking in upon us in our world. Luke chapter 13, verse 20 and following. The kingdom of God is like yeast that infects bread and makes it rise. So the kingdom is slowly infecting the world around us with God's grace and love. Truth is, God is at work in us and through us to infect the world. Notice that one-time leper cannot now be quiet and he tells everybody, verse 45, he's not supposed to, but he tells everybody. And it becomes infectious. The kingdom of God is like yeast, Jesus said. Cannot be stopped. So go cough all, cough all over people in terms of be a gracious cough. And, and this one will be a loving cough. Remembering that Jesus is our vaccine. We need to ask, who are the untouchables in your life and in my life? Who are those that are suffering? Some need to be hugged and kissed. God the Father says that every person that we encounter is worthy of the life that he sent Jesus on to die on the cross and to pave a way where they can be healed from their leprosy. Our job is to befriend them and include those people around us so that they can encounter Jesus. And the rest of us lepers can share our story of leprosy. Many things stop and keep us from touching lepers. Sometimes we're shy. Sometimes we're busy. Sometimes we're afraid we might offend someone. That's the big Canadian thing. God tells us to be bold, to help those who are in need so they'll be interested in the one who loves them most, that being Jesus. The last point of this story I wish to focus on today is the dramatic change that came out of this. There, Jesus changed the old way of thinking, which was unclean makes clean unclean. But now the kingdom of God is breaking in, and it's clean that makes unclean clean. When Jesus touched the leper, he did not get infected, but rather the leper got cleansed by the transforming power of Jesus. Jesus proved that he was, in, his, in this story, he was the universal cleanser of all people's lives. And his grace and power is available to all. All who need to do this need to humble themselves and ask Jesus for forgiveness. And you will find he is willing. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you for today. I pray that you would create boldness in us not snarkiness and not pushiness, but bold joy as we interact with people around us that have leprosy. May we always remember that we have leprosy first and you have cleansed and healed us. Do the same, we pray, in Jesus' name.
And we will thank you in advance for the numerous people that this church, even this week, will speak into people's lives. Give us boldness. Help us to see those that are ill or sick or whatever need they have. Maybe we'd be wise enough to know how to accept and help them with the power of Jesus in us. In your name we pray. Amen. Lord bless you folks.